Think about what you did. <laughs> Nobody makes it to the end of these things. Come on. <laughs> the Broken Agenda Podcast. Sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs> generation ours, you never talked about politics. Oh, our generation yeah, you, is a lot of people hit still. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the generation after us, the guys in their 20s now, men and women in their 20s now that are you know, obsessed do. with it. Yeah. But you never talked about it. Like, that was part of, you just assumed it was good. You voted for you, voted for you. You didn't even tell your spouse who you voted for half the time. Yeah. Well, it's because everybody mm-hmm. thought that they were, like, genuinely good people trying to do the right thing. And I think yep. everybody at this point has realized, oh, these people are actually the worst part of humanity. And they're in control. <laughs> How did this happen? I don't know, Jimmy. I don't know. But I cannot disagree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, I did, did I say that out loud? You did. It was great. Oh, my. And when we find you uh, with no suicide note hanging in your garage, we will reference this episode. <laughs> if I mysteriously vanish. <clears throat> well, mysterious. There'll be photos of Hillary leaving her house. <laughs> They'll vanish, too. All right. So what are we talking about today? This, this does not directly dovetail into what we're talking about, but it actually kind of does. Kind of. A little bit. Yeah. So... Um, this was your topic, right? Yeah. Um, I had found a report that was released recently on ICE, the, uh, what's that stand for? International Immigration and and Customs Customs Enforcement. Yeah. Uh, was found by the Georgetown, uh, Center for Privacy and Technology. They were found to be using, they're just amassing data and using that in their searches for like illegal aliens and stuff. (laughs) So, uh, I think some of the stats were like three out of four people's uh, photo ID is on record with ICE, whether they need you or not. I think they have some yeah. on this website. They have some like big bullets. Yeah. That, uh, let's see here. American Dragnet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have the blue ones down there. Yep. So. So, yeah. One in three adults, sorry. Yeah. But it has access to driver's license of three and four adults. So, it was just something I had kind of looked into. And being someone who was very aware of what Edward Snowden released 10 years ago with the spying on American citizens, uh, they kind of pissed me off, to be frank. Like, I was in a rage when I saw this. It's just, I don't know. thought it'd be interesting to discuss. So I'm assuming you're, you're anti. Yes, I'm absolutely anti. What is doing. Like, yeah, it's, they're essentially doing, it's essentially guys sitting sitting down and pressing go on a computer and having a computer do their investigation for them. They don't have to investigate anything. Before, when ICE would try to find an illegal immigrant or someone that needed to be deported, it was usually word of mouth and they had to go out and do a physical investigation, make sure they actually were who they were. Now they're just scanning pictures that, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. See, this one's interesting to me because the more I read about it, no, no, grant. I don't like any of this stuff in any way, shape, or form. So I'm, I'm obviously against this as a concept because this is invasion of privacy for you know Americans across the country. But I have a hard time. I totally see how we got here, and I have a hard time having a complete problem with this because a lot of this. Did you read this? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're they're scanning driver's license not because they're lazy and they're not investigating they're scanning driver's license because there's 17 states that allow illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses so again here we we don't really have a problem that's generated from ice we have a problem that's generated from why are we allowing illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses i i mean if, if i was working for ice and i found out that the states were holding information on the exact people that i was supposed to find I would absolutely want to use that information. I'd be like, hold on, you have a database filled with all the people I'm looking for? Can I see it? <laughs> yeah, but I, it's, it's more of the conversation mm-hmm. of can I see your whole database or can I see these people's information? I agree. So it's, it's not, and that's different, right? So I know full well when I go get my driver's license filled every year, it's being put into a government database and it's there for reference. Police can pull it up when they pull me over, make sure I am who I am, that kind of stuff. Where the, the privacy issue comes in is, Here's my list of illegal immigrants in this area that I'm trying to find. Show me their driver's license. Do they have a driver's license? Not show me everybody's driver's license, and then I can find my guy. Well, they're just doing a data dump. Well, that's they're they, they the are. entire thing. Yeah, they're exactly. Grabbing the whole thing and then just cross-referencing against everything they've got mm-hmm. and letting the computer spit out results. I have a problem with this not because of what they're doing. I have a problem with this because of the massive potential for fraud. 
Like, and that's my problem with this all the time. Whenever you get this type of collection of data, you start collecting all of your um, utility records. You start collecting mm-hmm. all of your driver's license information. You start collecting tons and tons of photos of individuals. The, the opportunity to use that fraudulently is massive. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I feel like how ICE got here is more a product of bad policy. Like we've got this massive surge in illegal immigration because we're not doing our jobs of defending the national borders. And you haven't given ICE any more resources. So now they're trying to find larger, better ways to do what they're supposed to do, which is take care of illegal immigration without having any of the resources that all these other departments have. And I I don't necessarily blame ICE on this one. I, I blame the 17 states that are giving away IDs. I blame the utility companies that are allowing people to get access to water and electricity without having any type of proof of citizenship or ID or anything like that. Like, I don't understand why this is happening. Even in this article, this article bugs me because the stuff they talk about is not really solving the problem. They talk about, you know, giving illegals a faster path to immigration, which I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm like, they're illegal. They should not be here. If the fastest path, if you want a faster path to immigration, then streamline our immigration path. Exactly. Yeah. Like, don't just let them walk. Get them in back. Get them to the back of the line where they belong, behind the people, behind the people who are actually legitimately applying yes, for citizenship. Absolutely. Like, this is ridiculous to come out here and and allow people who have done it the wrong way a faster path to citizenship than the people that are standing in line. I agree. And the only reason that that makes sense is if. There, if you have your own agenda, an agenda outside of the whole simple fact that like we, you want to enforce the law or hold uphold the law, like it's it makes absolutely no sense to to assist the criminal. I mean, it's it makes no sense whatsoever. Well, don't they say that's a hate crime now, or not? A hate, is it a hate crime or is it hate speech to call them criminals? Yeah, it's hate speech. Is it hate speech? I think so. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's hate speech. So, like, what I find most crazy about this whole thing is that it's so hip. It's it's so hypocritical to itself to what's going on. Like, so I found myself going through as I read this on the side of ice, and then not on the side of ice, and then on the side of ice, and not on the side of ice. So it was like I feel like the entire thing has been has been it's almost like a stage has been set to be to so if ice is using data to locate illegal citizens right and then a sit like like a, a true american person is like well that's great let's get these illegal citizens out and then, like, so the governor is the governor in California is, you know, passing laws to prevent ICE from being able to do what they do. Yeah, this not, is an elected. This is an elected. Yeah, this yeah. is an elected politician that is intentionally passing laws that is preventing ICE from from locating and finding illegal immigrants and deporting them. Well, and that's actually and one it, of the conclusions in the article too: is the states need to prevent ICE from using this information against illegals. That is not my problem. And I don't think that's Tyler's problem. And I, I, mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I think the real problem here is they should be passing laws excluding ICE from being allowed to look at legal citizens' information. Exactly. Right. And that's, that's kind of... This upside down. Yeah, the, I, and see, I, you guys honed in on difference. My, my whole thing was I don't like the movement to a centralized government that, that's been happening over the last 20-some years, probably absolutely. more than that. I, I like a federal government where it's ruled by the states and they're just there kind of to make sure nobody's really fucking up. Well, what is their job? Interstate commerce, mm-hmm. uh, national defense. Yep. And is there anything else they're really supposed to do? Make sure our constitutional rights are upheld. Yeah. Our federal constitution rights. I don't think they do any of that anymore. No, actually they combat all that stuff. They're like anti-everything that they're supposed to do so that's that's kind of where i honed in and just the the bigger picture because i think they even say that ice goes to private companies to buy data mm-hmm. like yeah tracking i saw that and stuff yeah. which i mean i've been on a kick lately of trying to remove as much data of mine as possible but it's still in yes. some ways i chose for that company to have my data and that's another thing that i found interesting so basically they they were getting data from 
they were buying data from government agencies. They were buying them from like the DOV. What were the companies they were right? buying them from? Uh, like people and, Let's give them the names. Go ahead, talk, Jimmy. I'm sorry. So they're buying information from DOV. And then totally what they pay, then they say, oh, you can't do that anymore. You're not like, why is the DOV selling information to begin with? That is actually a really good right. Point. Why are they selling information? Now, were they and selling then, it or were they just giving it as an exchange with the federal government? No, I think they sold it. Were they selling it? Let me see. Where is it? I'm pretty sure it was at the bottom of the main page. Maybe I'm misstating it. It was one of the last points they made was who they were selling to. Sorry. Mix it up. So, okay. But so I'll finish why. So, okay, so then it's like, no, you can't get information from DOV. Well, then they're like, then they go buy it from private companies. Well, if they, so if, the if, if they can't, company, if they, they yeah, if they, yeah. if they can't get it from D, like if they've deemed it, they're not allowed to get it from the DOV. Why can they go get it from a private company? Like, is it not a, it's like a breach of privacy? Like this, and this is, this is the reason why companies like Facebook are like just, despicable oh, and yeah. people should stop using Facebook because this is what's happening. And these companies, you know, Facebook and Google are making millions of dollars off people's information and we're just using it because it's free and convenient. And well, it's not free. That's the price you pay. Yeah, you, the you, price you pay is, is you're, you're free. Selling, you you're sell your freedom. Your, you sell your, your data for a you're, service. You're giving it away or you're exchanging you're it. Exchanging I guess you're exchanging your data it for a service. So I'll, I'll give you my, I didn't find out exactly who, but here's the data they are tapping into. Stuff like geolocation, healthcare records, housing records, social media posts. How healthcare records not violate HIPAA? Because it's the government. They yeah. can do what the hell they want. So uh, it was under, so I found this note. Under, under the Bush administration in two, 2008, permission to access Rhode Island DMV database uh, in the, during the Bush administration. So, so they started this back in 2003. They started ICE, or ICE was formed. Okay. Now, it's a government, is it a government agency? ICE? ICE. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's a government agency, right? <coughs> so, we're, so, and then apparently, like, the states don't even know that these guys are doing what they're doing. So, as you read through it, it sounds like the states and the, they're all surprised, like, what are they doing? Why are they able to access this information? So, so it's a government agency doing things and then the gov- the states are like this is what I don't even understand what's going on it's like a free for all it really is it's like the federal government it just has this free for all they do whatever they want and then they go and they break laws like like they should if really what they're doing was against the law why are they even in, why are they not shut down why were they just say oh we're not going to share D- dov information well, with you anymore i'm going to tell you from a guy who works in the it industry the government is on average 5 to 8 years behind the rest of the world so they probably, I, I would be willing to bet you're probably sitting U.S. Senator has no idea this is going on. Um, and most well, that doesn't surprise me. It's going on because they, they don't understand IT. There's a reason my industry is not regulated. It's really not regulated also because by the time they were able to figure out what we were doing and put regulations on us, we'd be doing something else. Like they, they can't keep up enough. They rely on insurance companies to implement policies for risk assessment in order to secure networks because they don't know how to do it because they can't keep up. So the government moves far too slow to keep up with the IT world. And I think that's a big a big part of it. Oh, did you find it? Yeah. Uh, utility providers that have likely participated. ATT, DirecTV, Verizon, Sprint. And then, so how do you blame these companies you for not, for companies. not, for not, for not, for like, I don't blame these companies for saying, yeah, we'll give the info, oh, but yeah, why but are you giving them utilities? If the federal government shows why, up and why says aren't they saying, information, you have to give it. What, yeah, what, what makes these companies different than Apple who refuses to give right, the data up? Right, exactly. Remember so, I was saying about how I felt like it was right and then I felt like it was wrong and then I felt like it was right. But like, we, like, why can we not use the information we have to find criminals. At what point do we stop? And the, the problem is the information getting used in the wrong way by the wrong people. It's such a hair. It's such a catch 22. Oh, here's a real question. Then do we even have an expectation of privacy in 2022? We haven't had an expectation of privacy since the mid to early two thousands. Since You're, the first Patriot Act. Was since the Patriot Act. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. There's the whole secret <clears throat> courts and all that stuff. So, I mean, what would even be an acceptable solution to this? If, if the expectation of privacy is dead for two decades, 
what what we're saying now is no that 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 illegal immigrants have the right to like dodge the system and i mean that's basically what in essence that's what you're saying when you argue this point Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's what that that's article, the that's sta- that's, that's the stance you take if you're if you're not going to support these companies right the to turn over the information that they have that can help bring the legal immigrants to you know justice. I don't. It's not like the biggest crime in the world. I mean, they're just trying to get away. I, I don't know. No, I get it. If I was in their boat, I, in their shoes, I, I'd probably be trying to sneak across that border too, especially if it was thing. open, and especially if they're good people. But like there's there's a lot of you know illegal immigrants that are just good people trying to find a better life. Absolutely, and that's great. I, I that's would love to that's see great. More legal immigration. Problem is we don't know the difference between them and the people who are coming in here with uh, different agenda. The, the number one the number one killer in America right now, I believe, of ages eighteen to thirty five is fentanyl. Mm-hmm. All yep. of the fentanyl in the United States, basically all of it, is coming in through the southern border from China. Um, and it's just walking itself into the country because we're not securing our border. The problem with illegal immigration is not that people are trying to get away. That's the heart, the heartbreak, emotional side of this. But I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said that uh, like, decisions are often made in passion. Or I'm paraphrasing, but decisions are often made in, in passion, and she makes terrible decisions. It was something like that. I don't remember exactly what the phrase was, but... I mean, making an emotional decision because people are having a hard time in Honduras or having a terrible time in Panama or having an awful time in Colombia and they're trying to get away, using that as a justification to allow our borders to be porous is an absolute travesty. That should not happen because you're not just going to get good people trying to get away. What you're going to get is everything that comes from those countries that made them terrible. It is not a hard solution. Secure the border, increase legal immigration, make it easier. And, and and make it safe. It's not that hard to do. We've had legal immigration forever. We've actually been pretty good at it at times. Uh, but we're just, we argue about the wrong stuff. It's just like we're arguing about the wrong stuff on guns. Just like we're arguing about the wrong stuff. We're, we're stuck arguing about the wrong stuff on all of this. And we focus on all the wrong things. And then we're surprised when nothing we do works. And we just keep having the same problems over and over again. So, and there's a lot of people screaming this from the hilltop saying there's easy solutions to this, but nobody will listen because people get fired up because one kid got separated from his family and oh no. And it's like, look, if you're going to start running between national borders, yeah, that's like what's going to have the price you pay. I mean, yeah, Yeah. I don't like, you can't, I don't feel sorry. That's just the circumstance. I mean, yeah, it's, then they're going to say, well, it's your white privilege. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think it matters what color you no. are, or what creed or religion no. or anything else. Like what about say say that to the people that are living in the in the parts of the country right now that are struggling because they can't. They're they're they live here and they're struggling, and we're dumping pounds of money into the illegal illegal immigrant. I'll tell you, what, we got to take a break. But my buddy Domingo came here legally, and he gets furious. Furious. He should be ducking and dodging. He's, well, he came here right? legally. Oh, he okay. He, he brought his whole family over. He owns a, a pretty big landscaping company. He's doing very well for himself. And he's kicking butt. And he came here when he was, I don't know, like 19 or 20 or something like that. And uh, now he brought his, you know, his kids are all work for him. His dad works for him. He's got a whole family business going. And this stuff drives him crazy. Not because he's mad at the government for enforcing illegal immigration law, but because he's mad at us allowing illegal immigrants to stay here. He said it took him like 10 years to get through the process and to get into the United States and to get here legally and to pass his citizenship and do everything he was supposed to do. And he's like, and now, you know, I've got, I've got guys coming and, and asking me if I'll pay, if I'll pay them cash under the table because they came here illegally. And they're like nudging him in the ribs going, you know, we came from the same place. And he's like, no, I'm an American now. He gets mm-hmm. so mad. And I was like, that's what you're doing. You're disenfranchising people. That and that's earned, a long that time. Their way in. That's a long time to wait. 10, Ten years, years is, is too long. That's too long. That's a broke. That's the bro- the system. That's and what's that's broken. The that's Make the problem. Easier. Like it shouldn't take somebody ten years. Well, I mean, Henry. That's just absurd. What is it that happens in the immigration process that takes ten years? Paperwork. We got it's, a guy. It's paperwork. I mean, we got yeah. one of our coworkers lives down in El Salvador, and he works remotely for us. And uh, dude's awesome. He's been trying to get into the United States for five years now. 
But I also believe that it shouldn't be too easy. Like, right? You shouldn't just well, it like shouldn't it a, shouldn't just be a oh sign. Oh yeah, come on in. You no, know you what gotta, I mean? You gotta like, it. like if you're gonna work, like just like anything, right? You you work to get into the country because like you're showing initiative. You're showing like you're gonna make a positive contribution to society. You're not gonna come here and be a leech and and want a hand. Like you know, like it's great you're here illegally, right? But then you got to duck and dodge the system. That's the way it works, right? I mean, it's just like if I'm if I'm going out to steal, I gotta I gotta dodge the cameras. I gotta you know what I mean. I gotta try to finagle my way around and not get caught. And when you get caught, don't go crying and complaining. And just because you're here for ten years illegally doesn't give you any other kind of right. Well, and the other problem like, is, what incentive is there to adapt to, to existing society? What incentive and, is there to follow our laws? You, you you have no pride in it. It's like people that rent versus people that own. Like, I've seen people that rent do horrific things to the place they live at because it's not their place. And when they leave, they're like, who cares? If you own it, there's there's a pride in ownership. And I don't mean just owning property. I mean owning anything, earning a car. There's a reason I'll never buy my daughter a nice car. Like, she's got to buy her own hoopty. It's going to be her first car. And that thing's going to be a hunk of trash. And that's for a reason because she's going to earn it. And then when she gets a better car and she earns it, she's going to be proud of it, even if it's a piece of trash. Remember, I was so proud of my Saturn. Holy crap, because I bought that with my own money. It had crank windows. Air conditioner didn't really work. Stick shift. It had a tricked out door to get into the tiny little back seat. But I bought that. I earned that car. Like, I worked for it. Like, there is a pride of accomplishment that we have lost in this giveaway society. And it's not a good thing. And when you give away citizenship, that is the worst thing to give away. There's no reason to have pride in your country. There's no reason to have pride in its future success. Mm-hmm. It's, you, you destroy all of that. And then you ultimately you destroy the person, like mm-hmm. without without pride in yourself and what you're doing. What are you living for? Like, I don't know. The real question I have, and I know we we got a break, but I want to ask it because I'll forget when we come back. Later. Like, if you're here for ten years and it takes ten years to gain citizenship, how on earth were you not able to accomplish getting citizenship after being here for ten years? It's like you like you could still go through the process. Why? Couldn't you go through the process? You're like right here over the line. I've watched it happen. It's got to be even easier. We had a dude working here. Uh, He doesn't work for us anymore, but he he worked for us for a number of years and uh, loved him, loved him to death, but he just sucked at paperwork. And they almost deported his ass. Um, It's a lot of paperwork. You knew him. I'm not going to say his name on camera because he might watch this podcast, but uh, it's a lot of paperwork and you've got to do stuff and you've got to be timely about it. And it's, it's a lot of responsibility, but yeah, actually, I had to go and speak on his behalf to keep him in the country because they were going to throw him out. They were going to they gonna ship him. And he had kids here that were born here, so they could stay, but they couldn't stay without their dad because, you know, he was the breadwinner. And so. so you defended the illegal immigrant. Well, he wasn't illegal. He was here on a green card, and he was just terrible at the paperwork, getting into the renewals and everything else. So and he kept missing deadlines. He kept missing deadlines, and ultimately his work permit ran out, and he hadn't got finished his citizenship yet and all this other stuff. And eventually they were like, yeah, you got to go. Like, you, you didn't do the paperwork to stay longer, and you didn't finish your citizenship to make it official, and now you're in no man's land. And I'm like, dude, what? What are you doing? But I think that's a lot of it. Like, they're, they're, they're busy. And they're there's a trying lot to make, they're, they're trying to live a family and they're trying to live and they're trying to build new careers and everything else. And they're it's slipping through the cracks, stuff slipping through the cracks. They just, they get distracted like the rest of us. I would absolutely be deported. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have time to sit. And down so, and, and sh- so when yeah. you look at it in that light, you know, it's like, you know, and then you, okay. So now, now you're back at the point of, you know, the argument is on one side of the coin saying, look, man, these people are doing just exactly what you did what you're saying. We can't just send him home now. He's been here for 10 years. He's no, got a family. I, I told like, him if I was them, I'd send him home. I was like, you are being an ass. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. You've been here since you were like 15 years old. You're like you, 25 now. And you oh, dropped like, the ball. Like, you've got like five more things to do to finish your citizenship and you're going to get your ass deported. I was like, you're just being yeah. lazy at this point. Like that's a punk move. I was, I was pissed at him. I went and spoke on his behalf because one, I didn't want to see it happen to his kids. If it was just him and he wasn't married, I would have been like, get the, Get out of here and, and start it all over again. I'll, I'll hold a job. Well, maybe he doesn't have to start it. Maybe he doesn't have to start all over again. But if he's like, if he's deported, then, you know, maybe they could go to the front of the line. Maybe. I don't know. But the, the personal you know, responsibility like, element matters, too. Like, I, I could you, you evaluate? Could you evaluate a person? I guess if they're an illegal immigrant, they're not they don't have a work history. Right. 
so you can't evaluate them and see if they've been a productive part of society. So it's like they're just like, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a tough situation. It's, I'm saying, I don't, I don't think it's that tough. Like, you know, most countries are going to have criminal records and things like that. If you're not a criminal, if you're not a felon, you know, and if you have some sort of serviceable skill, you know, even if it's just landscaping or something like that, like, I mean, I, I, you I'm can, no good at landscaping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some sort of serviceable skill, then... Yeah, come on, let's give you a shot. And you, you know, could probably, and if you've been we're here, hiring landscapers in the U.S. And if you've been, if you've been here for ten years, and you would have references, but then, then now these companies are hiring illegal immigrants. Well, now you, where you, do you? You pre-approve them. You get them here on a green card, and you give them the timeline to get their stuff done, to get their their citizenship, and that's the way it's supposed to work. And if they don't do their part and don't do the work, you send them back home. Um, and, and that's not an unreasonable thing. You know, they pass, they, they get, they get screened in the beginning to make sure that they're not a rapist or they're not selling drugs or they're not affiliated with any gangs or they're not affiliated with any terrorist groups. They pass all of that. I mean, we keep pretty, pretty detailed information on international people. You pass all that. Be like, all right, come on in. Come on. We're going to give you a green card. You're going to have to check in so often. Here's the classes you have to take. Here's the stuff you got to do. And we expect you to get your citizenship in the United States within the next Five years. So could I, after you need to complete all this in that time, or we're going to send you home. We don't care how many kids you have. Like you got to go home. So just get it done. Like, and that's, that's it. And that's, if you really want to be here, I don't think that's a tall order. And most people that come here do it. Yeah. And they're happy to do it. And they're full of pride when they get their citizenship. Have you ever met anybody that got their citizenship? Yeah. They, they love, they're better Americans than a lot of Americans that's my, that were born here. My favorite, my favorite, uh, my favorite immigrant. <laughs> Sounds like a sitcom. He's Canadian. <laughs> he, he acts like he like he jumped the Rio Grande, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're almost more American than I am. You're you're from America's hat. I was like, come on, like you walked, you took a boat across the Great Lakes. It was probably a yacht because you came from Canada. <laughs> like, like you landed, we draped an American flag around your around your your shoulders and gave you a mattress store. <laughs> like, that's not that's not you're not a real immigrant you're you're like a you're like a faux immigrant <laughs> like, I mean, i'll count it but reluctantly i'm not thrilled about it <laughs> like, like like i don't know like i feel like you need to be holding on to the wheel of the last plane leaving your country <laughs> like that's a real immigrant yeah when you're late <laughs> when you're like trying to hang on to the windshield yes. yeah and you fall out of the cargo department of the plane when it lands in miami and you're <laughs> Like, you're like, I made it. Like, that, that, that guy deserves it. <laughs> you earned that crap. You walk across Toronto's bridge. <laughs> if, you're wa- if you're watching this, Jeff, I apologize. His name's Jeff, for God's sake. His <laughs> real name. <Sorry. laughs> Not like he gave himself that name when he came here. He's Jeff, the immigrant. <laughs> All right. We got to take this break. We'll be right back. Only incident that I think is possible. So you think you may have fingerprints somewhere. I know I don't. You think you might. I, I don't know. Um, and you think you might. Oh, well, I have them from the military. military. Yeah, you have the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've probably got a full DNA map on you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't want my fingerprints on file. Pricks. I've but avoided it. There, there are things I want to buy that require it. So I know. I, I might have to. In the gun episode, we'll talk about this, but I really want to get a suppressor for the mm-hmm. AR. <laughs> My brother just bought one, at, like Monday, so he's got he's on his one year wait did, now. Did you see that uh, thing from Canada that they they're banning handguns? They froze sales. handguns. They froze all sales. It's white knighting. It's. I'll tell you what. If they ever try taking guns in the United States, there are going to be so many boat accidents. I'm curious to see how. You know what I, mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> I'm curious to see how tough the Americans are. How when they will come out of the woodwork? For what? what do you mean? To try to ban stuff? To, uh, yeah, I just they're not going to. It's not going to work. Well, you know what? I could see them doing it through executive order. It'll fail in the courts. It'll fail in the courts. But the courts take notoriously two to three years. Well, it's, yeah, it's like uh, I could see them fast tracking that as a constitutional issue. I think they'll try to push but, it. You'll have weak hands that fold, and then they'll be satisfied. Well, we got. We got so many. Well, it was kind of like after uh, that shooting in Vegas, they banned uh, bump stocks. Mm-hmm. But technically, if you're in the sixth federal district, they're legal again. Yeah, they overturned that. That yeah, that circuit did. It still has to go through the appellate though. And it was mm-hmm. that been five years? 
Uh, I think it's been like two or three. That was 2018, wasn't it? So that's four. So two, three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Three and a half years. Since they overturned it, yeah. Since they overturned it, it's still going through appellate mm-hmm. to get to the So there's still country. time, yeah. So <laughs> they could do a confiscation program, and it's very realistic that it could be five years before you could even request to get your guns back. Which you'll never get back because they'll back. destroy them. They'll melt them down, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is why mine are constantly floating on a boat in the middle of a lake that it's any given moment that boat could go down. I don't own firearms. It's, so. I mean, me neither. <laughs> all I know is when they come looking for them, they won't be here. <laughs> I'm 100% you know, sure they got stolen the night before. So I heard I heard something. Maybe maybe you know this. So the Washington, D.C. is actually not part of the United States. Right. Yeah, it's a district. So if that's the case, any is any law that they pass there legitimate? Yeah, what, I because mean, it's the federal government. It's legitimate in the sense that it has the ability to pass laws like a like a like a state does. It's kind of like a it's almost like a territory. It's a lot like Puerto Rico. It's part of the United yeah. States, but it's it's independent. And that's kind of what DC is. DC is a part of the United States, but it's not a state. Um, but it is covered under federal law, but it doesn't have to adhere to any particular state laws. So it's a kind of a weird little. Yeah, it's, loophole. Isn't their whole like uh, it's like a loophole that the criminals figured out. Isn't it their whole license you mean plate the politicians, thing? criminals? You said you said it right. Oh, did I say it's cr- interchangeable? Did no, you said no. it right there. You said it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> uh, what were you saying, Tom? Uh, isn't their whole license plate motto taxation without representation? I think that's what it says on theirs. I think we should do an episode without representation, which is the whole reason the yeah. U.S. We, was a we should do an episode. On trying to understand what DC is, uh, what we should DC find up all. We should find I, all the. I know what it is. We should find what all the information about? we can about Washington DC, and it's actually a series of like underground cabals. Where yeah, that's what I mean. Meet to, it's mostly the stonemasons. Yeah, it is Freemasons. Yeah, yeah but the I, in there too. That's what I mean. I think there. we. I think that's, we should do. That's it. like thirty seventh. We ought to do an episode on that. Everything we can find on that. That would be a terrible episode. Why? It'd be a conspiracy episode. So maybe the next oh, time would it? Those. <laughs> well, if it goes that route. I mean, if we start going stonemasons and cabals, then yeah. I mean, that's, But if we're just going to talk about Washington, D.C., it's going to be like the History Channel. Really boring. <laughs> it's really boring. It's not that, it's not that exciting. It's, although the one cool thing about D.C. is the amount of power the mayor has is disturbing. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the mayor of D.C. is basically a governor, governor. of a really tiny yep. state. And... And notoriously terrible mayors, like historically. Wasn't, wasn't there one that got pulled over with a prostitute and cocaine? Yes. I think it's like, oh, see ya. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it was like five, ten years ago. Mayor, governor, sir. No, <laughs> yeah. By all means, take the prostitutes and hookers. Did I ever tell you cocaine. guys about my field trip in seventh, eighth grade that's to that's Washington, D.C.? No. See, that's what sparked the memory. Let <laughs> me tell you about my time with hookers and cocaine. <laughs> Now we did a field trip to Washington D.C. and we were in the elevator. I think we we're in the mu- I think we we're in the museum. The museum? Yeah, isn't there a museum in D.C.? <laughs> no, there's. Christ. Yeah, there's which museum? There's, like, Give me a break. I was seventh and it's eighth nothing grade. But museums. <laughs> there's a whole section of the city just museums. Yeah, the Smithsonian is actually. Smithsonian. I think we're in. Well, I think like I think seven. we're in the Smithsonian. Yeah. I don't remember which building we were in. Natural history. There's, the, uh, um, there's now a Native American history. That's right. One. There's um, the, uh, I'm thinking we were in the Smithsonian, but I can't remember. Okay. So I, I, I seventh or eighth grade. Okay. Give me a break. Anyway, so uh, so it was me and this other kid, and and he says to me, <laughs> he he says to me, uh, he's like, watch this. I used to do this at camp or something. And he hits the emergency stop and the whole elevator stops and this alarm starts going off and he's panicking, like freaking out. And I'm standing against the wall. It's just me and him in the elevator. And he's like, the phone rings and he, he's, he grabs the phone. He picks up, hello, can you help us? Right. And they're like, uh, and now they're talking or whatever. He's like, and he's like a nervous wreck. And I guess they told him, push the button, you know, pull the button, push the button. I don't remember. Well, yeah. I don't remember what happened, but anyway, he hits the button. The elevator starts moving. He hangs up the phone. We're like, whoa. So we get down to the bottom, <laughs> and we come out, and there's this, like, 
our whole class, our teachers, like security guards, all standing around the elevator. And I don't remember much after that, but I know that was a spooky <laughs> moment. <laughs> it was great. We got in huge, he got in big trouble. I was just like the innocent guy. They pulled him aside, you know? You know what I want to do? Like, I want to make an episode of this where we take Jimmy to Washington, D.C. I think that'd be fun. Jimmy goes to Washington, D.C. And we're, we'll just, we'll have Hugo cut it all together. And we'll just take him through all, we'll take him into the National Archives and watch him, you know, just, I don't know what Jimmy would do in the National Archives, but whatever he's going to do. I'm sure he'll probably, you know, bang a stuffed buffalo in the Natural History Museum, <laughs> climb into the Apollo capsule. He'll probably place five or spy in the Fondling the mannequins. He'll steal some shoes from the Holocaust <laughs> Museum. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's too dark. It's Jimmy. That's it's totally likely. They'll probably, they'll probably uh, research me. Before we do, if we're gonna bring a film crew with, they'll research us and they'll no, see no our podcast. No, no, I'm gonna put a GoPro on you. Oh, <laughs> well, just let's let this thing happen. Well, let's do we'll it. Give you a helmet. I'll go a to DC. Lead helmet with a GoPro on it. Let's do it. I'll do it. I'll just send you through DC. I think you're all talk. I envision this picture of Jimmy in the Oval Office bathroom, <laughs> looking surprised when we open the door, <laughs> sitting on the toilet. <laughs> I'll be no, I'll be like smearing it on the wall. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> so, Jimmy writing my name on the wall. <laughs> I gotta be great. Um, anyway, so we did have a topic though. Let's get us back on track here. Um, well, you know, we, we talked about ICE, and we didn't even get into all the other data mining going on in the government. I mean, we didn't talk about the NSA, we didn't talk about the CIA, we didn't talk about any of them. They've all been in. Well, Snowden was NSA. NSA. Mm -hmm. And the CIA has had a couple of big stories recently that broke where they were inappropriately spying on Americans. Yep. Um, we've, we've just completely ignored FISA warrants over the last 10 years. We don't even, we don't even do it anymore. We just do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. Illegal wiretapping has been happening pretty regularly. Yep. And you know what, what blows my mind about all this stuff? And they're all big stories. Nobody cares. Well, I think that's always been my problem. I remember when Snowden's files started being released and how like blown away I was. And I tried to talk to people like, doesn't apply to me. I don't do anything wrong. Like, yeah, it does apply to you. It's yeah. your data. Well, it's just the metadata. Yeah, but do you know what metadata tells you? Like, it tells you your exact location and all this other stuff and how long the conversation happened. It'll matter like, when they pick you up and they stand you in front of front of the uh, furnace and want to throw you and your kid in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I mean, yeah. And but, then you're like, it didn't matter. I didn't think it mattered. <laughs> Not saying it's going to come to that. Well, who was it that was selling data to Virginia? Was, uh, was it uh, U.S. Bank? Weren't they providing data on Americans that were at, in D.C. in around D.C. on January sixth? I think so. Yep. For the the protests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was crazy. Maybe. Was it U.S. Was it U.S. Bank or was it Bank of America? Bank of America. Bank of America. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah, I mean that's so they've even got. I mean they're they're tapped into. All the major was that you know, ice? Apple who, refused to give them info. Who, Google freely gives them info. Well, yeah, and see, yeah. Google is a big case because they used to be anti that <laughs> stuff, and they always had a what's called a warrant canary in their terms and conditions. Which do you know what that is? Warrant canary? No, I've never heard that term. Uh, it's a term that a lot of tech companies use. Like they had certain language in their terms and conditions that was basically a signal, like if this is no longer there, then we've been compromised type deal. Okay. Uh, and Google, I forget what theirs was. I think it was always the don't be evil or something or something like that. That was, was their tagline. That was their tagline, but I think there was something in theirs, and they dropped their warrant canary around, I don't know, like 2012 or something like that because they were implicated in a lot of the data sharing and stuff with the government. I mean, what are these companies supposed to do, like, when the government approaches them? So a lot of a lot of the big I mean, software like companies. They're sort of under the – it's like standing with somebody with your gun to your head telling you them to give you your No, wallet. I don't think it is. I, th I think it's it's different than that because you've got companies that say no. But Apple is yeah, a Apple big said, one. Apple famously mm -hmm. said no. They said yes for a while, and then they finally changed their mind and said no. Yeah. Um, I think what happens is they – when you're a company that size, it's not about money anymore. I mean, when you're talking – hundreds of billions if not trillions of dollars in total assets money's not really the thing you're looking at now you're looking more at influence you know how do i make sure that that laws and policies favor me over right. potential competitors so i give you a little bit of data you make sure that nobody else is in a position to do data mining like i am 
customer. I give you a little bit of data, you make sure that I get um, you know, the access to uh, land parcels across the Midwest where I can build massive data centers. You know, you give, yeah. you know, I give you some data, you know, and that becomes a back scratching thing and the, the, they don't deal in money. You can't, you can't easily bribe you know, United States departments with money because it's, it's, it's a tough thing to do and there's a lot of people in these departments, but you can absolutely make backdoor deals where you exchange favors. Mm-hmm. And that's much harder to track, much more lucrative and uh, much more beneficial to both parties where everybody wants to do it. And I think that's what it is. And they go to Google and they're like, hey, look, we're not gonna bust you up as a monopoly if you share all of your monopolistic advantages with us. And Google goes, yeah, I don't wanna get busted up as a monopoly. Great, you know what, I think that's a fair deal for all of us. And next thing you know, Google's in their pocket. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, there's some really cool pieces of legislation. So, so basically, they blackmail them. I mean, in, in a, in to a some extent, there there are contracts involved. A lot of like the big software companies, Google especially, they try to get the government contracts. But then at the same at the same time, the 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 politician is blackmailing the company. The politician is breaking the law. Yep. Well, it's not a singular politician. Like it's or, not like the old days where this is a senator doing it. Well, yeah, they they form this, this like is, special group that that's uh, and then no one's name, We're not no one's names behind it. Republican anymore. We are in a uh, what's the term I'm looking for? We're in an administrative state. Mm-hmm. Which, if we don't reverse this, administrative states are bad. But essentially, the State Department does not have elected officials. They're appointed. They can't be voted out. And they have autonomy to do whatever they want. The FDA is in the same boat. The FCC is in the same boat. So you could use any one of these agencies. ICE is in the same boat. And you could do stuff that is wholly wrong, and there's no repercussion from a outside of standpoint. Outside of shutting down the agency, using the agency as a disguise to conduct criminal Even activity. Even shutting down is the that, agency, you're going to need to have the House and the Senate and the White House and a, a, a numerical advantage strong enough to breach the filibuster in the Senate and the will to do it. I mean, because you're going to have a lot of constituents that are upset if you destroy an agency that employs hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a very difficult thing. Now, a lot of the laws that are coming out now that they're claiming they're going to bring to the table immediately if the Republicans take back the House and the Senate, which will probably just get vetoed anyway. But things like, um, uh, I forget what the name of it is, but there's a, a law that I think Mike Lee uh, just just authored where it basically says and you can look this up a Mike Lee um, law proposal but um, basically it says that um, administrative organizations such as the FCC the FDA or whatever cannot implement public policy they can't it must come from uh, Congress it's well that the only place it can come from. well that's what it seems like it's it's almost as if they create this this entity. And then they do these, they do, they use, they, they do these activities through these entities that they know are illegal. Yeah, but if they do it through the entity, then there's no repercussions. Right. Yeah, well, politicians, weak politicians love it because they have somebody to blame. So if something goes horribly wrong, like with the COVID response, they... Look, nobody was yelling at the senator from Pennsylvania about the COVID response, or not nearly as many people as were yelling at... um, the FDA and um, the Centers for Disease Control. So there's two agencies that are not elected that were taking all the heat. I mean, mm-hmm. so they booger flick the entire issue onto agencies. So this is a great way for politicians love it too. Even though they're giving away power, they're also giving away responsibility. They don't have to take accountability for anything. So, you know, weak politicians is a big part of what's going on here. Did you not find it? No, I found, the first one I found was some... Uh, Wick thing or something. All right, don't worry about so it. I wasn't but that's basically what it in. says. We can look it up later and, and post the name of it. But I mean, so a lot of bills like that, simple things I would love, God, I would love to see a constitutional amendment to abolish the executive order. We don't elect a king. Yeah. Like, no. I, I don't even understand why executive orders exist. I mean, and that was the whole point. Like, when I'm talking about DC, there's a statue of George Washington handing over the sword, which yeah. was his big thing. They wanted him to be king. Yes, but he, he chose. Refused. He said no. So the we powers just fought a war to get rid of kings. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's, I mean that's that's 
pretty moving statue. And he could have been. If, he could have been. If he had yep. said yes, they would have made him a king and we would have been a monarchy. Yep. Um, absolutely would have been. People mm-hmm. loved him. So, but he was awesome. Uh, yeah. That, that dude was awesome. Yeah, I, I want to go back to D.C. and look at that statue again. It's a cool I like, statue. I like that statue. Yeah. I'll tell you, I always get a little choked up at the Lincoln Memorial. I, I love going through D.C. just for some of that, like, historical stuff like the just the thought and the seeing the like one of the original constitutions and stuff yeah it's uh it's pretty i love the i love the uh the archives yeah and i'm trying to remember it's been probably 10 years since i've been down but they did go to the u.s archives website i want to see if they took it down so um about a year and a half ago i don't know if you saw this but the u.s archives put up a disclaimer on their website yeah national archives they put up a disclaimer oh Nope, coronavirus information. Oh, so apparently they only do what's hip. So about a year, year, about a year and a half ago, um, the National Archives put up a disclaimer saying that some of the content. Oh wait, if you go into America's founding documents, it might be there. This one here. Yeah. They took it, and I actually sent them an email saying, "What is wrong with you?" So it actually had a big banner on this page. If you went to the founding documents saying that some content on these pages may be um, um, considered offensive to certain peoples, and we encourage you to, um, you know, read with caution or whatever. Like, like it was porn. Yeah. Like, it was literally like a porn warning on here. Um, I, I, I don't know. I sent them an email. I was like, what is wrong with you? What? I was like, what? these are our founding documents. Like, are you insane? And I've read them a few times. It's, it's been a while, but I, I don't recall anything... Well, like all men are created equal. Okay. Yeah, that's product of time. It is, but I mean, we don't live in a world where you are where you where you, you look consider at things logically. That, yeah. We live in a world where your emotional response is fact. So look, what is what is look up look, oh, look up Franklin's quote. Find me this Franklin's quote. Franklin quote on passion. But because it was men and not women, and well, men. just there's a lot of stuff like that in the Constitution where they use old terminology where they talk about all men are created equal and you know just different things like that. And, well, because um, they were they were passion drives. They yeah, were so what? This is um, let reason hold the right or reigns. Oh, there's another one, but that one's pretty good too. So uh, they were sit there claiming that the documents are what like. Like racist, feminist, or they well, would I, I, not be feminist would be the opposite of feminist. Well, I think be, there's there's a component of racism in there they were claiming because you know there's some of the documents talk about um, um, women not having the right to vote and African Americans not having the right to vote and things like that. Is that the one? Um, passion governs. Yeah, that's kind of yes. Governs passion governs, and she never governs wisely. And the whole idea behind that quote was when, when there's a hot issue, like a school shooting, never make decisions. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why, and this, I have this argument with people all the time, there's a reason why the justice system is so slow. It's designed to be slow. People are like, I don't understand why we can't. But how many times does a story come out and within a day, everybody knows everything? Yep. And then two years later, the court case finally wraps up and the person's found innocent. That makes a lot of sense. But the reason why is because immediately you don't have all the facts. You make a snap decision. You assume you're right because we're all arrogant bastards. And then when it doesn't go the way you think it's supposed to go, it's because the actual facts, you know, the the heat of it calmed down, emotion fled away, passion died, and then logic was allowed to dictate the decision. And all of a sudden it turned out, well, no, none of what you thought was true. We talked to all the witnesses we saw the video footage we interviewed everybody and none of that was accurate in the first place but you never see the follow-up article telling everybody you were dumb yeah we're always on to the next passion thing mm-hmm. so I, I love this quote from franklin because it's true it's always been true so that's the first time uh, it actually makes sense to me that the system's slow and it, and it works because and, it's slow well and it's also can be exploited because it's slow it is, yeah, and that's they're they're using it the slowness of it against yeah. it, but because we allow it to. Executive orders are a perfect example of using the slowness of the system against the American people. If you know it's not legal, but you also know it's going to take the courts two to three years to yeah. iron out the legality. Yeah, of it, you can do. You can have your two thing. to three years of policy. Yeah, and then by that point, people are used to it. Yeah. Wasn't that uh, some a quote from Trump? And you're just buying time. You're just buying time to do what you want, even though you like were unethical about like how you achieved it. Yep. You still get your time. What was what was Trump's quote? Wasn't it something? I forget the exact words, but it was something like uh, "take it away now and deal with it in the courts later." Did he deal. say that? I think so. Around the uh, 
Bumpstock band. Oh, yeah. I, I think he did say that. Something well, and nature. he also said that about um, Obamacare. On yeah. The side. Yep. He was like, well, cut the legs out from under it and let the courts fight it out. Yeah. Because he was like, this was wrong in the first place, in my opinion. But again, I don't agree with any of his executive actions either. Because I don't think presidents should be able to have, except in wartime, with a declaration of war, and we're at war, I don't see why executive orders Yeah, but then, then they declare war. Well, go ahead. Now then they declare war they every time war they'd want to have executive action, stuff. and then then yeah. we'd be a, then we'd be warmongers. Maybe because because they can't get enough power, you know, to satisfy their thirst. I mean, possibly, but it I would, say it's a lot harder to but, declare war. And it is definitely it's, it's, first of all, you have to get to actually declare war. Congress has to vote on it. Yeah. So you have to be now you have to be complicit with Congress, which is very tough to do because I don't know if you've ever seen Congress. They don't agree on crap, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. I like when Congress is deadlocked because then nothing bad happens because most of what they do is bad. Um, so that's a hard thing to do, but then also you can limit wartime powers and there are mm -hmm. limits to wartime powers. So it's not an indefinite power forever. And Congress can also withdraw the declaration of war, in which case now your wartime powers go away. So it definitely limits it, but there's, there's no reason why one man should be able to go through and shut down all the oil production in the United States. I mean, or one woman, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what it is that, you know, it, it, there's absolutely no reason that I don't even know how we got here. And governors can do it too. That doesn't make any sense either. Well, speaking now, Pennsylvania of Pennsylvania, cut the legs out from the governorship, saying that any executive order that you do for emergency purposes has a shelf has a shelf life, yeah, and then has to go over to Congress. And I thought that was brilliant. Which I mean, I'm okay with that. So I, I that. so I have a question. Shelf life. I have a question. Yeah, it even work at a national level. Mm -hmm. it may take us off topic, but so one of the biggest things that annoys me is these paperclip bills. Like when they pass a bill and then they can attach all this other oh, crap to it. Riders. Like, yep. how is that legal? It shouldn't be. It should. The, the, well, the, the problem is most bills would never pass on their own merit. So that's where the, the compromise of Congress comes in. And, that the, is and such... the riders were supposed to be the compromise happens and then the stuff you had to do to make this bill work for all the states becomes part of the bill. Personally, I don't think the riders should exist. I think after you submit the bill... When it goes, it should have to go back and be rewritten with all of that verbiage in it and then resubmitted back to Congress. It would take a lot longer. But again, I don't mind if Congress takes forever because most yeah. of what they do is crap. So write a good bill in the first place. But they, they're sleazy little. They stick that stuff in there that has nothing to do with the bill they're passing. Yep. And they should be brought up on criminal charges when they do that. It's, I mean, it's, it's wrong. They used to have the line item veto. <clears throat> for that reason, but then it just turned out that whatever party the president was would just line item the stuff for the other party, mm -hmm. and that had its own problem. I'm not even a big fan of the veto. I don't understand why the president gets to veto stuff. Like, if Congress passes it, like... Isn't that supposed to be part of the checks and balances, though? It's supposed to be, but I feel like more it's, than one person should have to be involved in a veto. Like, veto by committee. I mean, yeah, there's have to be something else going on here, like some sort of like bigger some five person committee, maybe, or even that it goes to if he if he vetoes it, then it goes to a a committee to be. I mean, theoretically, they can override the veto, but they never do because there's never no. any kind of majority. Yeah, um, but it ends up just being. I mean, look what happened in Pennsylvania over the, the entire tenure of Governor Wolf. Every single thing that got passed got vetoed. And some of it was really good stuff. There was education reform. There were some really good things going on there. Every single thing got vetoed because he just wasn't going to pass anything that came out of that Congress. He refused. It didn't matter what it was. It could have been, you know, a bill promising to save puppies that were dying in trees on fire, and he would have, he would have vetoed it. Like, no, let those puppies burn. Because <laughs> he wasn't he just wasn't playing ball. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't like the veto. Uh, yeah. Or you get so many vetoes. I think that's what it is. You get so many. You vetoes. get so many. Yeah. You get so yeah. many. That's it. Yeah. You get yeah. For your term. A year. For your or for your entire or for term. Your term. Yeah. You get, you get your term. You get, yep. you get Fifteen a term, and then you burn up all your vetoes. You're out. <laughs> you're out of vetoes, and anything else, it's free for all. You're pretty. You're pretty. You're pretty loose with the vetoes for somebody I, I who doesn't know. like vetoes. I have to look at the stats. It'd be like three, vetoes. like one veto per year. When, like, maybe, maybe I don't. I don't know what the right number is. I just know I don't. At a certain point, you're done with the vetoes. I don't know. I feel like 
Congress. Now I feel like we're talking about Italian guys. <laughs> <laughs> like Joe Pesci's gonna walk in here. Like, hey, what are you doing with me? What? What? I'm funny? How am I funny? <laughs> it's cool. We're at a bar. <laughs> I don't know. I say balanced budget act and constitutional amendment getting rid of the executive order solves a lot of problems. But yeah, I mean. I don't like government in general, so. You know, I have a, I have a closing comment. You know what? It's a good time to write a time, so go ahead and close it up. This actually made me think that I drew the conclusion after this that I believe that our government is backloaded. I think that 49% of the politicians are voted in by the people and 51% on both sides are injected in by the powers that be. So they always control it from the backside. When you are creating entities that are breaking laws and then, so you create an entity that does things that are countering uh, immigrants to come into the states then you fly your borders open it's like it's such a every it just none of it really makes sense the only thing to me after after reading this and having it's like a play on emotions when I, when I go through this what they're doing it's like they're using this they're using the fact that I'm an American you know that, that a homegrown American would not would want uh illegal immigration to be brought under control but they're they're using that to convince a homegrown american i don't what is that that's my new term whatever it is if yes, it makes sense i don't i don't know I, I don't know what you said yeah well because i i was born here i, I don't know, I you know versus versus <laughs> like you know trying to come in from another from another country but so, so I support it in the fact that I think immigrants should go through a legal process, but I also don't like the fact that this entity, they're gathering information on everybody, which ultimately is an invasion of privacy, but they're using something that I would believe in in order to pass something I don't believe in. So it's, it's almost like the whole situation is just, you know, it's a catch 22, no matter how you look at it, because even to support it, you're screwing yourself so wait, and to not support it, you're just, screwing yourself. Just to be clear, before we sign off, the conclusion you came to was that you came to no conclusion. <laughs> I came in, <laughs> I know the conclusion I came to. I, I that right That's enough? what I got. Too. Okay, I was trying to figure out if I was the conclusion I came to is that our, that our, that our government is, is back end loaded. So I believe that some group entity owns 51% of all the candidates on both sides, <laughs> right? And then the people vote for 49% of the candidates on both sides. And so really, ultimately, the people never... Well, I believe it, because I voted for Jimmy never, and he didn't get in. Never. So, I, I think I, they're, I always for 49% Jimmy. of the for politicians are, are good politicians. 51% are just part of the crew. I say we find an open position in Jimmy's town and, and put together a write-in campaign. <laughs> Don't tell them. Just put together a writing campaign and get them elected. I'm not getting elected. Oh, you'll get elected. I won't get elected. I'm dude. super good at writing. writing no. Can we like register? Because the Libertarian Party reaches out to me all the time. I, no I will bring. Dude, you know how much bad dirt they will get on me. That they won't know. Yeah, they, they will. Find an open. There's open positions all the time. Like like a like a. Like we'll just, we'll, I won't be a good we'll, politician. We'll, we'll no, you'll be awful. That's why I want you in there. I, I want you in there just ramming it up. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you making scenes at all the meetings. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean that. Little, I mean that. I could I do. I want you a little hostile that your buddy Craig did this to you too. Like, <laughs> why did he put me in this position? He's such a jerk. <laughs> like, I, want, I want to hear that come out a few times because I'll giggle in the back. <laughs> just feel like it'd be a fun prank. I mean, not fun for your constituents. They're going to they're in for a rough four years. But for me, I have a hard time believing everybody's good. bad. I know that there are some Everybody good. Everybody is not bad. Don't go to the, there. Bad. There are a lot of good people that are trying to do good for the country. The, the problem is they're outnumbered. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. The majority. Is no, I'd say you've got fifteen percent of the population is really uh, thirty. Fifteen on the far extreme on either side. 
And they're, they're about even. Like, they all want to think the other side's bigger than it is. But you got 15 on one side and 15 on the other side, and they never shut the F up. All 15% of both sides run their mouth 24-7, and you want to put your fists in all of them. And the other 70 is like, man, I just want to raise my kids and stop doing stupid stuff. Like, don't make me get involved. I don't want to do it. But that's what you're seeing right now. You're seeing the 70% rising up and getting involved. And they're saying, you know what? I don't want to do this. I thought you guys had this. I thought you weren't a bunch of jack wagons, but you're all a bunch of jack wagons, so I'm going to run. And you're seeing more nobody politicians coming out of nowhere saying, I don't want to be in this office, but I'm going to do it because the existing person is a piece of dirt and nobody else is running that's worth the salt. And it's a good thing. That's what you want to see. You're seeing the 70% rise up. And it doesn't matter if you're, if you're, you're part of that 70 on the left or the right. We're all pretty close in the middle. It's the people. It's the, it's the people. It's the it's the conservatives on both sides that really are the heart well, of the, the country. The liberals on the left and the conservatives on the hard the, the hard yeah. right. There's and the hard there's left. there's people on both sides that are really good people. It's not that any one party is like exactly. the bad party. It's just it's the far rights and the far left. Yeah, Democrats are, aren't bad. They're messing. They're bad. messing everything up. But hardcore extremists on both ends are all part yeah. of the problem. And they're the ones creating the war. Yep. But anyway, we are like four hours now, so we got to go. So thank you guys for sticking around for the extra time. Jimmy, thank you for your, your insight. Tyler, <laughs> thank you for the topic. It was a good one. Everyone, we'll see you next week. The Broken Agenda Podcast. Sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs>